Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalloners. Let's get our mind right with our relaxation ritual. We're going to drop those shoulders. We're going to relax our jaw. Take our tongue off the roof of our mouth. Think about relaxing your ears expanding that belly and the chest and we're going to take a deep breath in and hold for a second or two and exhale we want to get some oxygen into that brain right some oxygen into our lungs and one more time and hold and let it go ah Isn't that just like a little bitty massage for your mind? It's wonderful. Less wonderful is what Ada is dealing with this week. So our first question comes from a young lady. She says, I'm 30. My boyfriend is 41. We've been dating for three months. Recently, he was in Norway on a quote unquote solo expedition. While he was away, I creeped this girl who he knows her Instagram and learned that he's hanging out and crashing at her place. He had told me he has friends all over the world, and from what I can see, it seems like they're longtime friends. When I asked if he had cabin fever, you know, he said no, because like, right, isn't he kind of by himself? And that he was like going out for a lot of walks. I talked to an older male friend about this deception. He said he's omitting this info because he really likes me, and that's a good sign. Oh, God. However, I'm offended by this lack of transparency. Okay, so you're right to be suspicious and annoyed. I am suspicious and annoyed for you. This older male friend, first of all, does not have your best interest in mind. He probably wants to fuck you. That's why he's like giving you bad advice. Or actually, I mean, I guess if he wanted to fuck you, like he'd be like, oh yeah, he's cheating on you. So this older male dude might just be an idiot. You don't, (laughs) you don't lie to your girlfriend about shacking up with another woman because you really like her. You do it because you're a shady dick. People who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. And when his friend, like, is justifying what he's doing, it's baloney. This is what I call positive gaslighting, what this older friend of yours is doing. Instead of saying, you're being crazy, they turn it against you, but in a positive way. Oh, he just likes you so much that he lies. Huh? Liking someone is rooted in respect, and if he's lying, that isn't respect. I also do not understand what a solo expedition is supposed to be. Is he fucking Ernest Shackleton? Are you like exploring the poles? What are you talking about? It's not super solo. Hello. If he's there shacking up with someone else, that's visiting a friend, which, all right, fine. If that's what he's doing and it's so innocent, why lie about it? And if she's especially a longtime friend, why have you not heard about her before? Why are you creeping her Instagram? Why isn't this all very much above board and very transparent? I get that this relationship is new, but duplicity is a data point I do not like to ignore. You know, if anything, he should be more upfront with you early on to test to see how you react to him having female friends or whatever, something like that. I would confront him about this and not only see what he says, because he's going to lie. He's been lying. He is a liar. You are dating a liar. 
okay? And if you want to stay with this person, you're going to have to look yourself in the face and be like, I'm dating someone who lies. And if he lies about something like this, he's lying about a lot of other things. It's just his pathology. That's why it's called pathological liars. Because they don't just lie a little bit. They lie all across the board, especially when they're getting away with it. Why wouldn't he? You know, so ask him what the deal is and just don't even like listen to what he says as objectively as possible. Pretend you're like watching a dateline, you know, and you're looking at the camera footage when the cops are interrogating the suspect. Like you're looking at this super neutrally and evaluating. Try to do that. Take yourself out of it. Analyze his body language. Analyze the speech patterns he uses. If he turns it against you, either with positive or negative gaslighting. And more important, see what he does from then on. You know, look around your relationship and see if this is part of a whole that's shady and unacceptable because this is a data point you do not want to ignore. The next question comes from Lauren and she said, I'm reaching out because I'm ready to have a serious relationship. I'm independent and I'm driven, but I'm lacking stability in my love life. I'm 24 and I've only had short like month long relationships, but never really anything serious. This never bothered me before, but now I'm feeling something is missing in my life. My friends tell me I'm too picky, but I have a hard time liking people and don't want to be with someone I'm not really into. When I do finally like someone, I'm all in and I almost always give in and go home with them in the first date. Obviously, they lose interest quickly and I feel awful for ruining it. (laughs) Help. Hmm. So I think it's interesting your friends describe you as picky. Because at first thought, you know, being picky is a good thing. You're right. You shouldn't force yourself to be around people you don't like. But it was really significant that you said when you do like someone, you go home with them on the first date. It's important to understand we don't know someone on the first date. Okay? So your assessment of liking or not liking someone based on two hours around them, like that isn't data driven. That's not a data driven assessment. Not everyone is a shining star on the very first date, you know, especially quality guys, because they take a little bit longer to open up because they're not just out to get laid, nor are they desperate where they have to just throw their entire personality out there on the table, barf it on out because they need someone to like them and they can't be alone. But fuck boys and desperate guys do exactly this, right? So we end up attaching ourselves to precisely the wrong kind of person. So as an experiment, flip-flop what you've been doing. Guys who you think you're going to write off, give them another chance. Have a second date. Go slow. See where it leads. And the guys who you think you're really, really into and you want to go home and sleep with, abort. At the very least, don't go home with them. You know, we have to remember a first date is a highly curated peek into their personality. And it is just that. It's a peek. It's a peek under the hood. Even if you have one of those dates, it's like it's six hours. You feel like you know someone. Girl, you don't. Girl, you don't you don't, okay? We can't ever really know another human being, you know, but you definitely can't know them after a few hours. It takes months, weeks, months, if not years to really understand someone. We all get blindsided in our relationships. I mean, how many times have you heard that? I thought everything was fine. Turns out he had another girlfriend. I thought everything was fine. Like one night he snapped and he smacked me across the face. And you need to accept that like, There are going to be parts of someone you don't understand. So don't tell yourself, I like him, I like him, I like him. You don't don't know him. So try flip-flopping your behaviors. Because the bottom line is, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting, right? 
We can't change how men are out there in the world or who we even encounter necessarily, but we can change our own behaviors and how we approach situations. So try that and I think you're going to have a lot more success. Ooh, this one's a good one. So she said, this is May. She said, I'm 36 years old, single. I'm a doctor and I'm pretty. (coughs) Excuse me. In April 2019, I was introduced to a guy. He's 39. He's divorced uh, two years ago after five years of marriage. Apparently, his wife cheated and was careless and she had a fertility issue, but he's normal. And we met twice and that was great. And after four months, he came to propose. And then his mom got in his head that because of my age, he won't have kids. And then he ghosted me for a month. This is a wild ride, isn't it? I sent him a birthday text and he replied like friendly and stuff. And we've been chatting briefly since then as friends, but I always initiate the talking. He's under his mom's influence. I know he likes me and I like him so much. I want a strategy to get him back. He is the one. No, the fuck he isn't. Girl, no, he isn't. No. This man, if a man is 40 years old, 40, that was the life expectancy like 60 years ago. If a man is still under his mom's influence, then he is a no-go in terms of a partner. He is what we call combat ineffective. That story he sold you about how his marriage collapsing is just that. That is a story, girl. There are two sides to every story, and his mom didn't just appear out of nowhere when you two met, right? If this is how she's acting towards your relationship, think of how much she interfered in his marriage, right? And if his ex-wife did cheat, dude, can you blame her? I mean... She probably felt like his mom was the sister wife and she was always a second class citizen. My point is, the common denominator here is not even his mother, it is him. On some level, this dynamic with his mom works for him because he's not shutting it down. Let me tell you how it works for him, you ready? He's using her as an excuse for any sort of bad behavior. From ghosting, to being non-committal, to being insulting to you, to stringing you along and being just friends, but hey, I'm going to come over and have sex with you, blah, blah, blah. The writing is on the wall with this this dude. Like, he is using this his mom as a get out of bad behavior free card. You think he has respect for her? No. So why do you think he would have respect for you? Any man who ghosts you after he proposes to you, he proposes and then he ghosts? That isn't a story we hear very much. And there's a reason why, because it's fucking insane. Any man who does that puts enough another woman over you, even if it's his mother, to the point where he's using her as an excuse to not make healthy decisions, that is not the one. So you need to ask yourself, how is this better than being single? If this is how you define the one, girl, how the fuck do you define an enemy? Because this man sounds like an enemy to you. You know what? An enemy is almost too interesting. There's too much like logic and foresight and planning with an enemy. This guy just sounds like a child, like a beta dickless male. I just, how much do you hate being alone with your own thoughts that you are latching onto this person? Because isn't that what it comes down to, girls, right? How much do I need someone to save me from myself that I will take anything I can get? When you're drowning in the ocean and a lifeguard comes to save you, you don't care what he looks like. You don't care what color his Speedo is. You don't care. You just need saving. And that is understandable in that scenario. But we don't have that drowning man mentality when it comes to dating. Or you know what? 
you are going to latch on to whatever floats by. Sometimes it's going to be someone good and sometimes it's going to be a piece of sea garbage. So this behavior is unacceptable for my future husband and it needs to be unacceptable for yours. The bar has to be higher. Ooh, we got ourselves a sex question. All right. Linny says, I was wondering whether a guy not wanting to go down on a girl is a reasonable deal breaker. I've had three sexual partners and they've all loved giving oral sex like without me asking to. So I thought this was a normal thing. But recently, though, some of my female friends have been saying that their boyfriends do not like going down on them at all. I've always thought guys like loved doing this since it's been my experience, but I guess it's not true. I'm not involved with anybody right now, so this is more of a hypothetical. I just wanted to know if there's a larger issue to guys not wanting to give oral and if it's reasonable to cut them off because of it. This is such a good question. You know, I love sex questions. I could talk about sex all day and usually I do. It's a good question because, you know, on one hand, look, everyone has the right to their own sexual boundaries and simply not liking a certain thing. We don't all have to like everything. We don't all have to do everything. It is absolutely our prerogative, right? However, girl, for the most part, I rarely find guys who won't go down on girls. I feel like it was more common when I was younger because guys were inexperienced and they'd been sort of like told or assumed that vaginas are gross. And yet, and yet, they orient their entire existence in pursuit of vagina. So explain to me how that makes sense. It doesn't. Of course not. It's boy logic. Anyway, you know, look, men tend to vilify and shame what they don't understand and what they can't work. Have you ever watched a man try to build an Ikea dresser that he can't figure out? If he can't get that little tiny Allen wrench to work, you know what? This thing's broken. This needs to go back to the factory. You got to just throw this away. It doesn't work. No, dude, it's the, you're an idiot. The dresser works fine. You just don't know how to put it together. That's how they feel about vaginas. Uh, you know, I don't know how to go down a girl, so it's fucking gross. It's stupid. You know, just stupid. Stupid. Your penis is stupid. It looks stupid. It smells stupid. It is stupid. Okay, they're stupid. They feel good in some circumstances, but like, get over it, dude. They're not exactly a box of kittens. So look, while people are allowed to like what they like, for sure, the larger issue here is, the other side of this coin is, women have so much shame associated with their bodies. Society is constantly telling us that we are gross or we are fat or we are hairy or stinky, just like our default setting. Like we are just born gross. We are born into sin. Like, and it's funny, some religions say like, you're born clean, you're born pure. Unless of course you're a woman and you're born fucking disgusting. You know, men never get that message. Never. They shoot sperm all over our faces. Have you ever heard them apologize for that? No, they like it. They seek out porn where that happens, right? They're proud of it. Who would love a face full of jizz, Caitlin? So when a guy doesn't want to interact with a part of our body, it hits a very, very deep level of societal and ingrained shame and self-loathing. It basically tells us, I knew it. I knew I was disgusting. That's what that Summer's Eve, like, vaginal scent spray. Your vagina doesn't need to smell like a meadow, okay? It doesn't need to smell like a Christmas wreath. It smells fine the way it is, okay? I do think it's abnormal that a guy doesn't want to go down on a girl. Like, I'm bisexual, I've given blowjobs, and I've hooked up with girls. And look, there's a reason the word job is in one of those titles. It is a lot more work. Going down on a girl is not gross. It isn't stinky or disgusting. It's like warm and tangy and it's totally normal and nice. Like, And I'm not even a dude. Like I'm not hardwired to like 
going down on a girl. Do you know what I mean? Like it makes no sense from a biological standpoint that I would like it. We're not going to mate, you know, but it's still, it's like, hey, it's great. Dudes are hardwired. If a guy is heterosexual and therefore every single behavior and impulse flowing through that double helix of his is to mate with a female, there's no reason he shouldn't like it. I mean, unless you have like bacterial vaginosis or something. I mean, unless there is like an actual medical problem that's happening. No. It's ridiculous. But you know what? Sometimes that's how it is. And sometimes that's their line in the sand. Personally, I think it's a deal breaker because guys who won't go down on you never say like, oh, you don't go, ha- you don't have to go down on me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a one way street. And to me, that's what makes it a deal breaker because sex is about reciprocity and connection, not making one person feel disgusting or untouchable, you know, like I I said, like penises are gross, like they are, they're weird and they're stupid, but like you get one in front of me and it's attached to a guy I like, I was like, this is the most fantastic salty treat I've ever had in my life, (laughs) right? But just like wieners at large, I'm good. So if that's his vibe, like you, part of you is gross, but part all of me is fantastic. Here's my hairy butt. No, no. Walk away. Walk away. Our bodies truly are magical. And a guy needs to be on the same page about this. Or you know what? He can go sleep with other dudes. Oh, this is a good one. This question is about saying I love you. So Steph said, my boyfriend and I have been dating for six months now. We enjoy spending time together. I've met his family. He's met my best friends. Like my family lives across the country, so he hasn't met them. And we talked about the future, but he's never said I love you. He said things like, you make me feel whole and I only want to be with you. But those were via text messages. So obviously I'm waiting for him to say it first. Is he too immature? Do I not make him feel safe enough to say it? Or is he unsure about me? I would hate to break up over it. We fit really well together, but this is actually really important to me. Help me, Shannon. Mm. This is interesting. It really is a pickle because, you know, on one hand, love is an easy thing to say and it's a harder thing to actualize. Talk really is cheap. You know, you don't want to hear those three words if they're not backed up by actions. And it sounds like he is demonstrating that that's how he feels about you. But you're right. Those words are important. Actions speak louder than words, but words still speak. And relationships really come down to communication, not just actions. So if you feel some kind of way but can't articulate it, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the romance. You can't do this like if you can't articulate something positive, how is he going to be able to convey his thoughts when he needs, you know, to win an argument with you? Not win an argument, but when there's an argument and you're tra- he's trying to express himself. When the road gets rough, is he going to be able to express himself? Probably not. So this is definitely a pickle. Let's see. Oh, I'm thinking about this. That's so like, yeah, that's why this is like pinging for you. You know, that's why this is resonating is important because it's indicative of someone who might not be a good mate and might not be a good good communicator. But, you know, in a lot of ways, guys move much slower than girls. They're dumber. So he might just need a little bit more time. My boyfriend, he didn't say he loved me until like six and a half months together. And I was like climbing the walls. I, I literally one night almost punched him in the face. I was like enraged. 
But once he did, he was like the mushiest person ever. Like it cracked open and he's just like, and I love you, monster. And I asked him, I was like, why did you wait so long? You know, because it sucks when they draw it out and then they say it and you're like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't even care anymore. It's like you're already so gassed up. It's like when you think someone's not going to get you a present and then you're just like, you're you're on 10. And then they get you one. You're like, ugh stupid cardio love bracelet you just don't even know how to react you're so full of emotions <laughs> so yeah I asked my boyfriend like why did he wait so long and he said it's such an important feeling to convey and like phrase he wanted to make sure he did it in the right setting in the right way guys sometimes can think of saying I love you almost like proposing to a girl like they really want it to be perfect because they do know it's a big deal and it's not just a big deal to you it is a big deal to them and women are more conditioned to say I love you I got I love you you're the best and so it rolls off our tongue a lot easier sometimes. And so for guys to like string those words to go, I love you, like it's, it takes a lot of effort. So obviously that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is that he doesn't feel it, you know, or like I said, he doesn't have the skills or inclination to tell you. I would maybe give it another two months. I mean, after eight months of legitimately being together, there's no reason why he shouldn't say it. And you shouldn't have to settle for someone who isn't willing to communicate with you about what you need, you know? So wait a little bit longer, see what happens. And if you decide that you need more, that this person is capable or willing to give you, you have my permission to get on out of there. So we have one last question and oh gosh, it's about moms again. It's about mother-in-laws. So. Val says, how do I deal with my future mother-in-law in a way that will shut her down and protect my relationship with her son? I've been with her son, my fiance, for a year and a half, and we've been engaged for six months. When we met, she was dismissive and dry, but not necessarily nasty. However, since we got engaged, she's been the typical mother-in-law passive-aggressive bullshit, the petty criticisms, the veiled insults. Most recently, she took me aside and accosted me I'm sorry, accused me of manipulating her son and trying to separate him from his family. He tried talking to her, and of course she denied it all. I appreciate his effort, and we have a great relationship, but I find myself really resentful. Ugh. God. Well, you know what? You're right. You're right to be resentful. I would be livid about this. I've been lucky to date people whose families liked me, or at least they pretended. <laughs> and I just, I'm a delight, you know? I really am. I bring great gifts. <laughs> So to encounter someone like this is really jarring. And it's pretty typical, however, of a mother who no longer has control over her son. And that is the root of this. It's control. Now, because you might think, oh, she doesn't have control over her son. The root of that is love. No, no, no. Control. Very often, love and control try to walk hand in hand. You know, one dresses up as the other. I'm not trying to control you when I tell you not to wear that dress because it's too short. It's because I love you and I don't want these gross guys at a bar hitting on you and making you feel uncomfortable. Shut the fuck up. The antidote to a controlling person is a wall because someone who's controlling is an attacker, aren't they? They want to get in. They want to cross your moat. Cross your castle doors, get inside your fortress, and take it over. A wall prevents that. And you are not the one to try because they are not going to be able to control you. That's got to be the outlook. Politeness keeps us in check over their passive aggression, but it, it, it really just makes things worse. And it makes them not even so much passive. They, they bypass passive at some point, and they go straight to aggressive. 
because they view your politeness as capitulation. So I would try two tactics. I would sit her down and ask if there is some precipitating event, some slight or unresolved argument that you aren't aware of. Is there a root splinter here that needs to be pulled out? If you did something, apologize sincerely and tell her you'd like to move forward. But if she's just pissed because she's no longer the lady of the house, then communicate two things. You want her in your son's life, in her son's life, right? But you will not be treated like a second-class citizen in your own relationship. Lay out three deal breakers, like whatever three things she does that are the most intolerable, whether she forgets to invite you to the family reunion, she tells you how to parent your son, she comments on your weight, she bitches about your family, whatever it might be, three things. Because I really believe in telling people my expectations. Like if you don't do X, Y, and Z, the reaction is going to be A, B, and C. You know, this is what I expect from this dynamic. If you can't or you won't meet that, we will go from there. But I want you to know where I'm coming from beyond a shadow of a doubt. So here's a script for you. Ready? I'm so excited to be part of this family. And I'm so amazed at how you raised a son like into my dream man. But this dynamic between us is not working. I am an adult and so are you. And I do not let any adult speak to me in a way that's disrespectful, not even my own family, actually. I'm not going anywhere. And one day, grandchildren are going to be in the picture. And from here on out, it's entirely up to you, Linda, how this goes. I would love to have a relationship where we could go shopping, have fun, and be united in our love for your son. But if that is not what you choose, then I am not going to tolerate it. Ooh, goddamn. You know? You also have to get him on board. He is supposed to be the moat between you two. That is his job. So before any of this, he needs to sit her down. Well, I talked to her once. Talk to fucking Linda again, my dude. Talk to her again. You talk to her until it works. And he needs to have that conversation. You're not going to talk to Kristen like this, mom. You're just not. I love her. She's not going anywhere. Someday we're going to have kids. We're going to be named Mackenzie with three Z's and two Y's and a million vowels. And Briley, also spelled the same way. Okay, Mom? He's going to have to do this as many times as necessary until she gets the memo. It's like training a dog or training a child. They got to know that X produces Y behavior 100 times out of 100, 100% of the time. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.